Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Chris and Andre Show. As always, we are your loyal hosts. My name is Chris. And I'm Andre. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Um, for those of you that are here for the first time, make sure that you subscribe to our channel, like this video, smash that, I don't know, ring the bell so you get notifications, <laughs> right? Ding, ding, ding. Um, today, we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics, politics. Uh, it might not be one of yours, but it is one of ours. If you're here, it might be one of yours, for all I know. Maybe you're, you know... Uh, masochist like that and you just <laughs> subject yourself to stuff you don't enjoy i highly doubt that though based on our uh, youtube likes and watches and all that fun stuff along with our podcast we do appreciate everybody that is uh checking out our content as always um but yeah so andre had a few things that he wanted to talk about this week talking about him like he's not sitting directly in front of me yeah i'm right here <laughs> yeah <laughs> I uh yeah so it's it's one of those things where you can have political conversations and when I'm talking to like my friends or family I'll notice there's a a trend and we've mentioned this before there's a uh people ease back into their talking points and I just kind of realized something I, I think I'm I'm emotionally and mentally done with it it's like not something I want to do anymore. Um, like I've never shied away from political conversations, but I, I typically, um, I accept people for what they are. And some of the things we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of tie that picture up. The first thing that just struck my, my eye this week was just political ads. And man, they're, they're just absurd. Like I've never seen, such a far stretch from the truth uh, so many times in so many different ways. And it's just annoying. Uh, yeah. I mean, anyone I see, they're just like, you just can't talk about facts on and potential policies, except for Mr. Wiley nickel, uh, who's got a, 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 a commercial with his daughter in a bounce house. This is my dad, Wiley nickel. Congress is just like this bounce house. It just doesn't work if people are too far on the left or too far on the right. Adeline is right, and that's why I'll stand up to the extremes in both parties to get things done, like increasing funding for police and cutting taxes for the middle class, while lowering health care and prescription costs. I'm Wiley Nickel, and I approve this message because we're better off working together. <laughs> I'm like, nice. all right. So... But every other one I've seen are just horrendous. So I, I just think they're absurd. This conversation, like all conversations, reminds me of a pop culture reference, Parks and Recreation, um, when Leslie is running for councilwoman and there's a debate going on within her campaign because they're going to do a campaign ad, whether it should be a negative attack ad against Bobby Newport Jr., played by Paul Rudd. Bobby Newport's been handed everything on a silver platter. His cushy job at his dad's candy company, handed to him. His 60-foot boat, Bobby's boat, handed to him. 
or it should be a positive ad promoting Leslie and you know, like her policies and stances and stuff like. I'm pro Pawnee. Here are some other things that I'm pro. That and so the camp basic or the the campaign basically splits in half and they go off and make each ad and then they vote on which one they like best. And everybody essentially chooses the negative one in part because Leslie's ad doesn't mention her name, what she's running for or anything. (laughs) In the end, what they end up settling on is a video that she made when she was like 12 or 13 years old or something like that, where she's talking about how one day she's going to be councilwoman or, you know, wants to be a political person or, and stuff like that. Um, to which Bobby Newport replies like, hey, the little girl in that ad, do you think she'd do one for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember that episode. Um, yeah. I Yeah, I just, I, I don't, am I crazy for thinking that or is it just like... No, I mean, you're certainly not crazy. Like, I have been absolutely inundated with political ads, both video, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have cable, so I'm not watching anything on there, but YouTube is filled with it. Um, and then billboards are the other place that I've seen a lot lately because they've started putting up a ton of those digital billboards here in Wilmington and throughout New Hanover County. And so every time that I drive up to Wilmington and I'm coming back, I see the same thing. I did notice something funny the other day that the New Hanover, um, County Republican committee or whatever, their party is using the exact same template for all of their political like billboard ads where it's just, it's a like school photo style, you know, like a portrait photo of the candidate, their name in red cursive, their first name in red cursive, their last name in blue, like all caps. uh, And then like what they're running for underneath it with a white background. And it's every single one is exactly the same Uh, and matches a lot of like the yard signs and stuff like that, that you see as well, which is another thing that we'll get to in a little bit because those have been driving me absolutely crazy. (laughs) Um, But when we we brought this up, one of the things that made me that one of the first things that kind of came to mind was like, how effective are these political ads, right? Whether it's positive or negative, but I was mostly interested in like, how effective are these negative ads that campaigns run against their component opponents? Because I'm with you, like I'd much rather see a campaign ad that's like, Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I'm running for. Here's what I want to accomplish while I'm in office, right? right. Like three points, get it done. Uh, <laughs> I don't need you to tell me, you know, Marsha Morgan, that Michael Lee is too extreme for North Carolina. What does that uh, even mean? Well, you know, they're trying to lump him in with the uh, absolute abortion ban, uh, along with like Ted Budd and some of the other Republican candidates. Um, no, I get that. But what does that actually oh. mean? Right. It's it's so broad. Yeah, it's, it's so it is. Bro- broad a statement where it doesn't make any sense. You yeah. Know? They're also blaming him for all of the traffic that we're experiencing here in Wilmington, which is horrendous at times. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I do, you know, like in reading some of the articles and things like that, that have kind of been published about it because there was, there've been, there were, actually there was a specific ad that, and I'm, I know I'm like 
focusing very narrowly on this very local election for NC State Senate uh, here in the New Hanover County. But I thought it was interesting because Michael Lee filed a civil lawsuit uh, asking a judge to require Marsha Morgan, his opponent's campaign, to remove the attack ad because it was false and all this stuff. Um, the judge ultimately decided they weren't going to do anything, but Marsha Morgan's campaign did stop running the ad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, resolution was found. But it was basically accusing him uh, of leveraging his position because he is the incumbent uh, I think, or or has been a uh, state senator in the past, um, of leveraging that position to enhance his uh, his law firm, which represents a lot of real estate developments and stuff like that. And that's part of how they're tying him in with like traffic is that he's just like rubber stamping all of these uh, new developments without mm. taking into consideration how it's going to impact traffic and the residents that already live here and stuff like that. Uh, that's your city council also your county commissioners there's there's a lot of other um yeah that's not just your state senator right <laughs> i like totally that's, agree that's <laughs> yeah oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that i thought was kind of interesting <laughs> about this was that there was an article on wral i think it was from a couple of years ago or last year maybe maybe it was from this year let me try uh, where it was basically talking about, oh, it is from this year. It, start, it was posted in April, uh, but updated recently, that political ads are both allowed to and often designed to mislead you. That essentially political free speech or political speech is not does not have to meet the same requirements as, like, say, a business selling a product. Right. And the example they, they gave was that if Coke came out with a new product that was called Coke Eternal, they couldn't claim that it would make you live forever because that's false advertising. That's, you know, um, would be governed by what, the Federal Trade Commission or something sure. like that, I think. Sure. Um, the FDA might want to look into that, too. But, <laughs> I mean, but that I mean, for even God, I mean, so yeah, God might be like, yeah, he, 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 he might might have something to say about that. Uh, but that you know, for whatever reason, political speech is not viewed the same way, which I think is really interesting. Um, I don't, I guess like I'm concerned about that in a lot of ways because sure, you know, like I mean, if Coke produced a product that they called Coke Eternal and told me it would live forever, I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and I you, guess I do the same it, with a lot yeah. of political stuff, but it just seems like the potential to do more damage exists on the political side of things. So that probably contributes to the feeling of uh, the divisiveness and the, uh, how far people are on this, on their political spectrums, because I think a lot of people believe these commercials and those are, they reinforce their talking points. Um, I looked at uh, Ted Budd and, Sherry Beasley's YouTube, because I was trying to find some just ads on YouTube. Like, do you guys really, you're advertising here, but what if I wanted to watch it again? So I'm looking on YouTube. They actually have channels. They have like 29 subscribers or 29 videos or something like that and like low subscriber counts. And then I'm thinking, who subscribes to a Sherry Beasley or a Ted Budd YouTube YouTube channel? Um, bots. Yeah, bots. <laughs> 
Um, I, they have more subscribers than we do. So maybe I was a little bit envious. Uh, but Sad face. On, on YouTube, but I, yeah, I, I just really kind of, I don't know what, the, what purpose they serve. I, I don't know what purpose it serves to go so far to an extreme. Um, it, it's a turnoff for me. It, it just makes me, it, you know what it reminds me of? The feeling I got when I saw John McCain uh, quiet that lady down who was calling uh, President Barack Obama a terrorist or, or, or whatever. Secret Muslim. Secret Muslim. There is no honor publicly by politicians, just hands down. Um, so they'll run whatever type of ad and there's it, their character is not displayed. And if that's a representation of their character, I don't want to vote for you. Like I really, you know, I know that's not a popular thing to say, but you signed off on that. You signed off on this like pretty outlandish thing to say about somebody else. And what I find also ironic is that you'll hear a lot of times like two opposing, like a Democrat and a Republican that are obviously on different sides of the aisle say, no, Chris and I have lunch every day. We're, we're friends. Um, until they're running against each until, other. Yeah. It's just like, that's, that's insane. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's insane. It, it serves no purpose. Um, but yeah, the, just the absurdity of these advertisements. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, and I think that leads to one of the other things that you wanted to talk about, which is, you know, basically the idea that the ability for us to have reasonable discussions or have discussions like reasonable people has sailed uh, and we are not on board it very clearly. And I think that to your point, like people are willing to believe the things that they're being told from a source that they feel they can trust, right? So whether it's people, you know, looking at a Fox News or people looking at an MSNBC or even a CNN, um, you know, OAN, whatever, all these other ridiculous extreme networks that right. exist now, um, that people look at that and then because it, for them, it's like it's comforting, you know, oh, I'm hearing things that I already that I want to believe. And now that's being confirmed to me. And so as long as you're getting that, then the other stuff that they feed you becomes more palatable, right? right? Uh, it's like, you know, if somebody if somebody becomes your friend first before they start, um, you know, narcissists, right? I yeah. think are are very like they kind of worm their way in at first and then they start gaslighting people and then they start like everything becomes about them and controlling the conversation and whatnot. And I think we're seeing a lot of the same things happen in our political discourse and just, I mean, discourse in general. Um, one of the interesting articles that I found on this was uh, something from the Atlantic titled people aren't meant to talk this much. <laughs> And essentially, uh, there's, there's, there's a, it's a somewhat lengthy quote, but I think it really kind of illustrates this. So I am going to read it real quick. Online media gives the every person access to channels of communication previously reserved for big business. Starting with the World Wide Web in the 1990s and continuing into user-generated content of the aughts and social media of the 2010s, control over public discourse has moved from media organizations, governments, and corporations to average citizens. 
Finally, people could publish writings, images, videos, and other material without first getting the endorsement of publishers or broadcasters. Ideas spread freely beyond borders. And we also received a toxic dump of garbage. Well, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> the only thing I don't agree with is um, the average citizen, right? I, I think that, yeah, I, I, I think that we lost the art of having a conversation or even a re respectful disagreement well before, uh, well, maybe the internet just amplified it in all of its tools and, and channels. But I, I yeah. You know, I mean, think about the statement or the what people always say. You never talk about politics and religion, and the you yeah. know, I, I don't. Well, why not? Uh, both things are important to people, and uh, you, you should. You be might able, offend somebody. It's, oh, that's not really. Um, <laughs> I'm just like I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I really don't. <laughs> like, it's I know. sometimes you have questions, or sometimes you have an opinion, and it doesn't mean that you're you're married to that opinion at all. It just means that, you know, Hey, this is how I feel or see something. And if you're, if you're able, and sometimes you're able to learn something about the other person's position and like grow from there. Now it doesn't necessarily mean it changes your position, but it gives you more inputs to like probably form better decisions. Um, it, it's just amazing how, you know, I, I think back to some comments that I, I was peeking through on, like, just on, on some stuff where somebody says, um, you don't know what cracker means. You don't know what, the, do you want me to enlighten you? You don't know this. I'm like, you don't know what I know, right? Like, that's yeah. not even a conversation. You're, that's, you're making accusations of, or you're trying to tell me that I'm in, or you're giving the perception that I'm inferior to you without giving like your insights. Yeah. That's how people talk every day now. That's what the political, that's what the discourse is boiled down to. Yeah. Um, I, I see it a lot with, I used to see it a lot with uh, Democrats who are quote unquote progressive. Like, how are you going to tell me what it's like to be black in America? Like ha help me understand your insight, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss or whatever, white person like you can't tell me that you understand how to solve anything in my community or my culture but because i watched that donald glover music video god that that made me so <laughs> sick man like the <laughs> fact that this is america became like this i don't know what word to use but it just made people feel like they they got it i'm yeah. like no and, and donald glover doesn't speak for me okay <laughs> So let's let's just start there. Um, I remember somebody asked me uh, at E area how I like the new Lizzo album. And you know what my response was? Who's Lizzo? <laughs> <laughs> how do you not love and support Lizzo? I was like, who's who and what's a Lizzo? Oh, it's his new black singer. I'm like, what does she sing? Right. So don't assume Lizzo is representative of every black person. I don't know anything. I still to this day know nothing about her. Uh, like, or, or, or she played a flute recently yeah. that upset and some people. It upset a lot of people. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just, I just rambled on there, but it's like, it's just so annoying. It, it's, uh, yeah. Um, yes, it, this, I'm going to be like Mr. I read articles and have quotes from them today because this all got me thinking and I, I feel like it helps to, you know, support some of the opinions and whatnot that we're kind of throwing out here. But there was this other article from NPR that was titled, Dude, I'm Done, When Politics Tears Families and <laughs> Friendships Apart, right? And basically it was outlining these people from both sides uh, of the political spectrum who had cut off, you know, even if it was just a single friend or a family member or something like that, because essentially they disagreed on politics. And I think it was mostly centered around the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the studies that they quoted, which I believe was from the Wesleyan uh, Ministry or Media Research um, Group, was that nearly 80% of Americans now have just a few or no friends at all across the aisle. Uh, actually, this was according to Pew Research. Uh, and the animosity goes both ways, that essentially – once they you discover that you have a friend who doesn't vote like you or who doesn't support the same political candidates that you do or a family member now it's per perfectly acceptable to just say well you're you're dead to me you know like i i'm shunning you i'm blocking you on all my social media channels i'm blocking your number on my phone like don't call me don't text me don't you know don't reach out even if you're in need of something because your opinion is so you know, horrible yeah. that I I can't even stomach to be associated with you in any which way. I think that's um, that's an acceptable response, um, but I also think that the underlying cause is both factions of the extreme. Well, let me just back up. There's a lot more independence. <laughs> There's a lot more independence in the country than there are people that is affiliate with parties. Mm -hmm. So um, let me start there. I want to say it's like 70%, right? Uh, no, 60 no. 70%, something like that, well, that is independent. Well, that's why I'm starting to get very uninterested in polls and, and like th different charts and stuff, because the last thing I saw was like 46% or something like that. And, and independents decide. 81%. 80, all right, well. No, yeah. actually, this is saying 81% continue to lean toward either the Republican or Democratic Party. But this was from 2019, so. Yeah. I, I don't know. So let's just say, just for simple math, 50% of the country is are unaffiliated. And then you have 50% of the country that is split between two affiliated parties. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, and those two, those two small groups are... The other half of the conversation gets all the, you know, it sucks at all the air in the room. Like yeah. Kanye West, it sucks at all the air in the room. Like Donald Trump, it sucks at all the air in the room. Like, uh, like just talking points. Last week I had a couple friends, like literally this happened to me very recently. I, I didn't know what to do. And <laughs> well, I knew what to do, but I just did it. It just keeps reoccurring where I'm like, what, what are we doing? Uh, it was the the tr the student loan forgiveness was brought was brought up, and the question was, how are we paying for that? My response was, I don't know. I also didn't benefit from the Trump tax cuts. How are we paying for that? 
you know? So I'm really not interested in it. I, I don't, I'm not interested in either one of those conversations. And then somebody, you know, another friend said, well, you know, what if you're making six figures and you, and you get a $10,000 or 20 up to 20,000? Well, he said 10,000. So, well, it could be up to 20,000. So let's go with, you know, whatever. Uh, you're getting that written off or forgiven. I'm like, well, that's a good question. But let's say you're making six figures and you have three kids and you're the only one working. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a different dynamic to look at, right? Or let's look at, you know, if you're making six figures in certain parts of this country, six figures is not really a lot, like in yeah. Southern California or in in Manhattan. I mean, it's so enough to survive. Yeah. Now, I don't, I'm not picking a, a side. I'm just asking like other questions associated with the questions I'm being asked. Yeah. And, but bo both their questions were like, I've seen them in advertisements. <laughs> I'm like, you're a waitress or you, or you paid for college and now you're being asked to pay for somebody else's college. Okay. You know, I, I didn't benefit from the Trump tax cuts. Right. I paid off my student loan debts, so I'm not going to benefit from that. Right. I, I didn't benefit from the tax uh, Trump tax cuts either. So, like, neither neither plan is helping me out, right? Right. <laughs> but I I don't know. I guess I'm missing that half a child, so they don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that the, you know, being able to – the rhetoric that's being put out, I think it's re it's relevant, but we don't ask follow-up questions or we don't sure. even like think about what additional, you know, how does this scenario, how could it play it out in different ways? And I, I, it's just, it's old. Um, well, how often on this podcast have we sat here and talked about the lack of critical thinking, right? right? And that's what I think plays into this. It's that people hear something or they see something on a political ad that you know, that sparks something inside them, right? It's either anger or outrage. Maybe it's an emotional attachment to something, um, whatever it is. And then they hold on to that, right? And then they go out into another conversation somewhere or another setting and they repeat that. Regardless of the fact that they may not have a great understanding of exactly what that was, right? They just remember that thing from that one clip. Um, and that I think is where, I mean, like those conversations become in my mind disingenuous, right? Especially I when I don't, I don't know if that's true. And here's why, because both of my friends, like I've done them, like, you know, I, I'm not going to paint them with that brush, but I do feel it's my responsibility to push back on the, like, lack of thoughtfulness of asking the question, right? Well, and I guess maybe maybe a better way to look at it is that bringing it up, right? And saying, you know, recently I saw this political ad that mentioned there no, that kind of asked the question. Let like, me how circle are we back gonna... around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was literally asked to me, what do you think about the student loan forgiveness? Like, that's how it was presented to me. I'm like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> so I was just like, like that, so let me just. It wasn't a so that's and, why. And your your response was, I don't really. I'm like, I don't really think anything about it because it's not impacting me. Right. And, 
And it's, okay. it's and I can also and, I can lean back on the fact that you know remember the Trump tax cuts something else I you know I'm not sure how we're going to pay for didn't help me either so I'm not really that's not the hill I'm willing to die on basically right you don't have a dog in those fights right so yeah. there's a lot of things that we're paying for as a country or we're we're charging as a country that we don't know how we're going to pay for that we're doing anyway. I mean, yeah, and that's nothing new, right? Like, to be clear, right? That's <laughs> that's been going on for decades now, and I think, I mean, it's it's something that ultimately, right? Those bills come due at some point. I think sure. there is a lot of can kicking that happens in politics, where it's like, well, I'm going to do this now because it's going to get me votes, or it's going to swing you know, opinion polls, which I know are very important to you, Andre, um, <laughs> yeah. about, you know, my my approval rating is going to go up if I do this. But ultimately, I recognize or maybe I don't even care that this is going to create a problem 10, 15 years down the road or that I'm adding to the national deficit, which I mean, granted, right, the deficit is trillions of dollars right, right now in debt that we owe. And yet, and so, like, in a way, right, both those things, the Trump tax cuts and the student loan forgiveness are a drop in the bucket compared to what we already owe. That's not to say that that's an acceptable way to, like, do your finances is like, well, I already <laughs> owe trillions. So what's another couple of billion or a couple hundred billion, right? Like, eh, like, no, that's not I'm not. Yeah. You understand, maybe. Where, yeah, where I, I understand what you're saying. And that's why I, I just want to be cautious. It's not, I don't think people are doing it. So the article in NPR, I haven't read it, but I can, I can, I can gather. That's why I said it's, a, it's an acceptable response. If, to, to, to shun To people? shun them. Yeah. To be like, I don't want to deal with that. Right. I just don't want to deal with that. I'm not, but I'm not wired that way. I'm I'm going to be like, you know, yeah, that's that's a great question. It is. It's a you know sure. All right, but like I gotta understand this a little bit more. What makes you feel like that's an acceptable response? Because I feel like not that it's every single person's obligation or their responsibility or duty to you know dive into Chris, headlong. Some into, people like, aren't built that way. That's just the way it is. It's except. I mean, it, it's got to be for a lot of people. It's got. It has to be stressful. To have to, to have those elements in your life, yeah. Like I, I can understand that, but at the same time, don't you think there should be room for someone to say, you know what, we don't see eye to eye on this, so maybe this isn't something that we should spend a lot of time talking about. Yeah, right? I think that's an acceptable response too. I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. I'm saying I just. You're asking. I'm not. I'm not asking you what you would do. I'm saying. No, I know, but I'm just saying that I. I feel like. I think it's acceptable. I'm, I don't. I don't like that you support this person or that you voted for this person. So I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Just feels like. I mean, more of this extreme stuff that we're seeing I, on a regular basis. I don't necessarily think it's extreme. I think it's how people are, are choosing to cope with the pressure. I mean, and, and hear me out. There are times, there have been times in my own personal family where I haven't been shunned, but I haven't been invited to things because some brilliant person decides to ask me what I think about something. And it's not what they want to hear. 
It isn't yeah. has no reflection on my character as a person. But Look, I, that was that one time, and that's because my <laughs> other friends were no. I'm just it wasn't but, me. but you see my point. I mean, there, there's yes. It's okay to have a. I'm not expecting people to change for my benefit, and it's not my responsibility no. for them to change for my benefit. I agree. Uh, I, I so I think it's it's all right. So let me let me let okay. Me, Pre present a scenario that happened to me. Um, tell a little story here. So I had a friend who I was, I mean, not like super close with, but was, you know, like part of a circle of friends. And when we would hang out in person, we'd rib each other and, you know, kind of tease each other about a bunch of stuff. But ultimately, like, I knew that he was a good guy. And like, we, we liked each other. We had mutual respect for each other. And we, uh, we got our families together regularly. And around 2016, he got very into like this libertarian viewpoint. And, and I mean, he had always kind of espoused this libertarian thing. It wasn't like he all of a sudden was like, oh. but also seemed to be some very I, like I, it felt like he was very in support of what Trump was kind of pitching and what he was going for. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I reached a point where on social media. I stopped following him, right? Sure. Because the person that he was online was a completely different person than who he was in person. And we there was another get together and we were sitting there chatting about something and he goes, "You know, man, I I got to I got to say I was pretty upset because you didn't comment on this thing when I posted this online." And it was I, I don't even remember specifically what it was, but it was like something related to his family. And I said, "You know, honestly, I stopped following you because I wanted to be able to still hang out with you in person because the you're a different person here face to face than you are when you're online. Mm -hmm. And when I see that stuff online, it triggers this response in me that I want to reply. And then we get into an argument about it. And then there's these feelings of animosity that develop so that the next time that I have the opportunity to see you in person, I'm feeling like I don't want to. And I didn't want that. Like, I didn't want to lose you as a friend because we didn't agree politically and because and because it was happening online. Like we could have those same conversations in person and it was completely different. Right. Right. And that's I mean, that's another element of it where Are I you think, still friends. Uh, No, not now. But it wasn't like it wasn't because of driven. us, right? Yeah. So, so those. Are, I mean, you're being honest. So, I mean, that's kudos to you. That that's an acceptable response, right? You're allowed. I, I believe if you're you're being more genuine, if you're not hiding, or if you're not trying to uh, be somebody you're not with the response, and if you can be honest and say, "Hey, I really don't jive with that," and what you're doing here, I just don't want to deal with it. Fine, right? Uh, and I'm good with that. I'd be like, all right, cool. I, you know, I tell, I tell you like, Hey, if I'm out of line or if I'm out of bounds or whatever, just tell me may not change my direction, but right. I'm going to be, and I would never expect it to either. Right. You know? And I think like, I, I, I hear what you're saying there, right? That it's not, nobody has an obligation to change who they are or what they believe in order to make other people comfortable. Right. I definitely understand that and, and can agree with that. Um, I mean, I think that was 
it's just hard it's to, one of those it, things. it's hard to accept that's part of reality. That's part of life. And that's, and I'm okay with that. I, I accept that without like flinching. I, I know I'm going to more than likely say what I'm thinking. And um, unless there's something that's saying that's not the hill you want to die on today, but there's a very good chance, you know, that I'm going to say what I'm thinking. There's a very good chance. I'm not going to let my friends, any of my friends say something that I just think is what I don't believe is aligned with their character. And, um, without acknowledging that and without addressing it. So, but that's the way I'm wired. And I, and I think people expect that from me. And I think that, and it's not like this, uh, this, this fake, um, I don't know what that persona is on, on the internet, but, Oh, I'm a free thinker. No, you're not. You're just, you're spouting out stuff just to say it. And I'd rather like, Hey, I don't really, I don't have a solve to this. I don't have a solution. I don't know if that's, you know, this is what I think about that situation. And I'm not going to feel one way or the other. If somebody has that imposing view, um, I think that's more of a, that's why I kind of get frustrated with the fact that, you know, reasonable people, which I believe most people are, can't have conversations anymore without somebody, you know, feeling, uh, it's not even, it's not even like they feel offended. It's just that it's, I was thinking about two things and this is what kind of prompted that text, uh, mm -hmm. watching, uh, house of house of the dragon. So no spoilers, but there's a line in there where uh, the worm or whatever her name is or whoever the little whisper person is, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. She says the spoiler. There is no power, but what the people allow you to take. Um, and I was, I felt, I just kind of like marinated on that. I'm like, that's really, I, I believe that. Like, I don't believe that that's, politicians yeah. have power. I think they have short-term influence because their power is not immutable. Right. So their power is granted to them on behalf of the people right. and by the people. And that's something that, you know, especially when their term is up and they have to run for reelection that people have a direct influence over. Yeah. And even before then, like if you make enough, if you get enough people together, <laughs> uh, look at the uh, UK, their prime minister yeah. just well, resigned. Oh, Oh, right? yeah. Perfect example oh, of that. Oh, boy. Um, and the second thing I was thinking about was my feelings on the Broncos game. Go Broncos country. Let's ride, baby. <laughs> Last week, my wife told me to stop watching them play because it was making me very upset. But I later watched, you know, I, of course, I watched the Monday Night Football game. Yeah. And I went to bed upset. I woke up upset. And I realized that my attachment to my favorite football, like American football team, um, dictates how I feel about things. Mm -hmm. People have the same affinity for their political views. Right. Are either of those neither, things healthy in your mind? Neither one of them are real life. Right. Basically. Like, yeah, it's just not real life. Yeah. It's just like... I'm not, I'm not taking the snaps. I'm not, you know, I'm not calling any plays. So the Broncos are having a crappy season. I can accept the, the results of the season and I, or I should be able to accept the results of the season without taking it so personal. It's not me on the field. It's not me calling the plays. It's not me making the trades. Um, and 
that's because that's not healthy. It's just not acceptable to, it's not realistic to believe that some like things that are not consistent with your reality, your personal reality should have that much of a drive in you. But people, they, they, they really believe that these political views are, uh, they're ingrained into their DNA and they're not. As a, uh, 20-year NC State fan now. <laughs> I knew I knew this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I understand exactly where you're coming from. I mean, there was a probably a good like 10 or 15-year period where the outcome of every NC State football or NC State men's basketball game had a direct impact on my mood that that day and at least the following day (laughs) i mean when when state was like kind of good and they would lose i would i wouldn't go online because i didn't want to see headlines i didn't want to read about it you know like all that stuff when state would play really well oh man i'm all over it you know like i gotta read every article that talks about how good state did um and it got to a point where as I'm watching these games live, I could feel my heart like hurting because of right. the anxiety over whether or not this game was going to go the way that I wanted it to. And that's where I ultimately had to kind of just turn that off. Like I had to step away from that and say, that's not healthy. Like, you know what? State the outcome of the game has absolutely nothing to do with whether I turn on the TV or I'm watching, you know, or I'm on the ESPN app. And so at the end of the day, I can I can tune in every once in a while if I want to. And if it's going well, great. And if it's not, hey, you know what? It's not their day. And that's okay. And then after the game's over, I can go back and I can watch highlights if I want to, or I can read about it if I want to, but I don't have to. I don't have to subject myself to that. To watch the kicker of the Chargers say, well, I mean, and I don't I don't know how I really felt about this, but it kind of made me kind of think about this a little bit more. He goes, first and foremost, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And like my brain immediately immediately went to every rapper that says, "I'm gonna first. I want to thank God for winning this award." I'm like, "Yo, everything you say in your songs are like not things that God is co-signing, yeah. right?" Um, God's a big Chargers fan. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, totally not. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it in frame here because of how we crop things, but I do have a Philip Rivers Chargers jersey back here. Just to give you an idea of how ridiculous my NC State fandom is and how tumultuous my experience as a sports fan in general is. <laughs> like, I got one season with Russell Wilson where he went and won a Super Bowl against Andre's Broncos, not trying to strike. And then the next season, it was like just payback. They're like, oh, did you enjoy that? Watch him throw this away at the fucking goal line <laughs> against the Patriots of all people. And that I think so, that game was really the one where I was like that broke me as a as a like diehard sports fan where well you want to hear how like my brain worked and 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 like kind of clear, reset itself yeah. listening to that kicker say that I actually thought about huh 
That's that's probably not. I like how you were like, do you want me to finish my story that I was telling before you rudely interrupted me? Because I'm going to do that no, because now. <laughs> I'm going to lose my train of thought. I, uh, I, I watched our, our, our uh, one of our recent uh, podcasts. And I'm like, I literally lost my train of thought. Yeah. And I've been coaching myself that I'm like, I will not lose my train of thought. I will not. Chris will not but, derail me. Chris will not derail yeah. me. <laughs> but I literally just thought to myself, that's not a representation of my faith. I would never say that, right? So I, I think my faith is not co-mingled into what I do. It's, it's, that's, and it just kind of helped me reset, right? Um, I remember like at, in my church, I did a, 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 a sermon. They were talking about when you meet people and they ask you about yourself, how quickly are you to identify yourself with your job? Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm Andre. I'm a software engineer. That's not who I am. Right. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a friend. There, there are things. There are things that define me outside of what I do for um, a salary. Right. And it just helped me to get some perspective. Even even so, to where this this whole rant is coming is coming from. I think we just kind of we spiraled out of like. Me, I, I was spiraling out of control and just, you know, collecting all the things as I spiral and associating myself with those things because they were redefining me. Um, and it's not true. Uh, my political affiliation is unaffiliated. I believe in policies. What I originally wanted to talk about this week was the uh, GOP's uh, commitment to America. And I can summarize that in like more words than two words, like President Biden made in America, but maiden basically M A I D E N yeah. America. I was like, dude, you could have said uh, USA made or something. I, I think he, I don't know. That's not my. That's not my. He's old. It's not my job. I, I don't want to say that either. I think he just kind of got excited. He was amped up. Uh, or I'll, well, I can't say that either because he's... I got two words for you. Just... Fuck you. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't. Made in America. Shit, that's three words. Maybe nobody will notice. Just keep going, Joe. You got this. That's American made. I mean, that's two words, Joe. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the so. staffers backstage were just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck, that's going to be all over the news. God damn it. <laughs> Oh man! Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm here. I am derailing you again. What was I saying? Damn it! He did it. Um, yeah, I don't want to spiral out of control and just like associate all those things with me. Like, I care about like so the GOP's commitment to America. There is no policy in there. It, it's just lofty. Not even lofty. It's just like uh, scare tactics of what they're going to do. And I read through the whole, their whole website and there's nothing there. There's like nothing on nothing on nothing. But what I noticed also is that people just, that's their team, uh, which leads us to our, my next point. People are going to vote, but it's just like how I V sales, right? If you're in sales, please get at me. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. You never close a deal. Right. 
you've never closed a deal ever, 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 ever. When somebody buys something, they've already decided. All you've done is reinforce their decision to buy your product. End of story. Voting's the same way. People, are, that's why I'm very disinterested in polls. If you're going to vote for Republicans, you've already decided that. If you're going to vote for Democrats, you've already decided that. If you're going to vote and break up your ticket, you've already, you've already decided that. Like the advertisements, uh, what your neighbor says, none of that's going to change your decision. If that were true, I, I don't want to go into all the different scenarios of why that is false. <laughs> Just understand that. Like you don't. The, the advertisements aren't helping. The rhetoric is not helping. I can tell you who I'm going to vote for. I'm not going to vote for one Republican at all. When I go and vote this weekend, I'm not going to vote for one Republican. You want to hear why? I can't stand the current state of the Republican Party. I hate it. Like, I just, it just disgusts me. The fact that they can defend all the things they can defend, it's just so boring to me. I just like I'm I'm bored. I'm I'm just bored of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's yeah. funny because when I saw that, you know, li uh, on the list of things you want to talk about, voting is important, but it's it's like being in sales. I was like, where is he going with this? And then the moment you started talking about it, I was like, ah, uh, I get it. See, and this is a good segue into, not even segue, but I think like this is supported in a lot of ways by some of the stuff that I found about um, yard signs, right? Political yard signs. Who doesn't love them? I don't personally. I don't drive know. me crazy. Uh, especially here in Wilmington. Hold on. Let me, let me, pa let me pause. When, okay. As you, before you go into that. Yeah. When I go to the polls. Yeah. I'm literally going to talk to the little poll Nazis at well, I shouldn't say Nazis. Poll workers. Poll workers. Oh, you're talking about the ask, people who are representing, who are, who are standing out front, yep. handing you a thing, telling you this is who you should vote for. Yeah. Yep. And I normally ignore them. Yep. Why are you going to talk to them no, this time? Because I just want to actually take the Republican one and take the Democrat one and look the, the Republican person in the face and say, I used to be a Republican but the party disgusts me and I'm going to vote for every Democrat on this list. What, what do you hope to accomplish with that? Nothing. Okay. I just want to let them know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Cool story, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing this week. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just one of those things. Um, I, I down here in particular. I mean, I know it's really bad in Wake County too. Oh, it's freaking horrendous. But I mean, just the amount of waste, both financially and like literal garbage that is being generated <laughs> by right. making all of these yard signs that aren't even going in people's yards that are just ending up at every street corner and every median that they can find. I mean, like it's gotten so bad that they will stick them in between the little like divider in the concrete medians. Like that's, uh, it's actually happening in my town. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, I mean, and this, I think 
backs up your point that like you're not convincing somebody to vote or to vote for a specific candidate, especially with these yard signs, right? I think the yard signs that are actually in people's yards are more about, well, look at me and who I support, right? It's more like a, uh-uh, neighbors, like, you better recognize. And not so much like a, hey, you know, this is who I'm supporting because I think they're a good candidate. And, you know, like, it's much more like, I think of, like, Alabama and Auburn, right? Like, Oh, that game was disgusting. Well, that was Alabama-Tennessee. Uh, out in Tennessee, that, oh, I don't But I'm just saying in terms just, of, like, rivalry, yeah. right? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. and this was one of the things that I saw in one of these articles. I'm trying to figure out which one it was. I think it was this one from numero.ai, or maybe it was the uproar. Either way, I'll find out where it is and I'll quote it later. But essentially, <laughs> it was saying that you know they witnessed one house that had a whole bunch of yard signs, a whole bunch of Joe Biden yard signs, right? And then like a few days later, the neighbor across the street had decorated their entire house in Trump flags and all this, you know, like Trump paraphernalia, essentially, right, to counteract the Joe Biden guy across the street. And that's where I think like we we had this as something we were going to kind of talk about. And you, you've already brought it up but this like this fanaticism, right, this viewing this as though it's your political sports team that you're supporting and that, you know, on the one hand. Your team doesn't cheat, but the other one always does, right? That if you lose, it's because the refs or the election officials or whoever it is, right, were cheating on behalf of the other team. That, you know, we have to support our team no matter what, no matter who it is that's playing for them, no matter what horrible things they've been accused of, we have to support them because that's our team. And we identify with that, right? That's a huge part of who we are inside. I'm saying this as a dude that loves NC State. Like, I do. Yeah. I love NC State. But I will sit there, and when those guys are caught cheating, I'll say, yeah, they're cheating, right? Like, I mean, it's not that hard, guys, to, to expect more, right, from the teams that you support. You know, like, are you a Patriots fan who is okay with Tom Brady deflating balls or with them? Did Tom Brady deflate the balls himself? I, no, he did not. Uh, Anyway, let's not get into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, are you a Saints fan who was cool with uh, what's his name? The defensive coordinator that that had the whole like you knock a guy out of a game and injure him. You get paid extra money. Bounty gate. Are you OK with the Houston Astros stealing the Yankee signs? Well, yeah, because it's the fucking Yankees. No, stop. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry. You, you kind of, you teed that up I, for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was hoping that you would be like, yeah, that's, I should probably. But no, you're right. You are absolutely right. Like you should not be okay with your team cheating to win. Like don't, is it worth it? Right. Do you feel good if your team has to cheat in order to go win something? Don't you feel like it ultimately taints these Championships or whatever. I remember there it is? were congressional hearings about uh, steroids. Well, you probably yes, were. I remember the congressional hearing because I was a huge Mark McGuire fan. Okay, huge. okay. 
what has that done for baseball? Like it's tarnished the league. It's tarnished the game. It's, it's never seen anything. Um, so even Aaron judge yeah. is a victim of what happened back in the nineties. Right. If you're, if you're looking at politics like sports, you want your team to be a, a team of honor, at least. You I would mean, think, but it's not yeah, about it's just, that. It's more, it's about, it becomes that because you believe everybody else is cheating, it makes it acceptable for your team to cheat too, right? That's, well, there's a lot of state fans who look at that, where they want to point the finger at Carolina and be like, well, Carolina cheats all the time, so that's what you got to do, right? Alabama cheats. Uh, you know, All these other teams cheat, and so in order for us to be on equal footing with them, we have to cheat too. That ultimately the rules shouldn't apply to anybody if they don't apply to everybody. Well, here, here's the thing about like what I, how I look at sports in general. It's not that they're role models. It's that it's a new, uh, in my mind, it's a new arena for gl gladiators, right? Sure. Uh, we, we don't have, well, we do. Well, you have MMA, uh, but. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't have true combat sports, but MMA sometimes is like uh, just somebody getting the crap beat out of them. Um, so there should be, you know, there should be honor in the battle. And I, I just don't think that that's important. My parents raised me to be an honorable person, right? When you make a mistake, own up to it. Don't run from it. Yeah. Um, when you're, you know, I learned not to be a liar when I was a kid because I got my butt beat one time. And I was like, oh, I'm not even good at that. You know, so I'm not going to do that again. Uh, now I'm, I, I'm just sometimes too honest or I keep my mouth shut. Um <laughs> But even when I keep my mouth shut, I struggle with the fact that I wasn't being honest. Yeah. So having honor is, you know, it, it, now I'm going to just kind of diverge. Like we, we, the conservative party says they're conserving something. It's not honor. It's not character. The Democrats say they're about, um, you know, helping everybody. That's not true all the time either. Nope. Um, it's about being better than the Republicans yeah. most in most instances. So, which is a really you know, low bar, by the it, way. Yes, right. There's no character or honor in that. Um, so, you, if your team is sucking, it sucks that one time. Are you winking at me? No, I was winking at, at my daughter. She wants to come say hi. Oh, uh, so <laughs> I was like, I was just like, don't be winking, dudes. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I and I, I. The team analogy is something I figured out with the po political game. I just really not figured out, but I just started to really key in. Like, look at Trump supporters. Yeah. Like the way they – Trump supporters like the like state fans. You know, they tailgate. Whoa. They, Whoa. Whoa. Or, or, or sports fans. Thank right? You. They tailgate. Jesus. They've got I mean, yeah, jerseys. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of states fan, state fans that voted for Trump, but that's – Neither here nor That's there. not the point. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, it's, 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 <laughs> it's dating Trump. We're like this. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but or I'm not going to be your friend it? anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Snowflake. <laughs> I'm so but, triggered. <laughs> but I just think it's, it's not the, 
I, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's sad. It's it like is. really sad. No, it really is because ultimately what what has happened, and I think like the Herschel Walker campaign. Oh, right. I know we talked about this recently, and I don't want to like spend a bunch of time on it, but I think it really illustrates the. I mean, and really most of the, not even most, but there's a lot of candidates that you see this year where character doesn't matter, right? Ability doesn't matter. Uh, Dana Loesch said it best. I don't care what he did. I want control of the Senate. I will vote. McConnell. Yeah, I will support anybody who, uh, who gets me to what I want, which is power, control. And that's what all of this has become about. It's not about going to Washington to try and make things better for the people in your state. It's not about going to Washington to improve the country as a whole. It's about we have to control this because if we don't control it, the other side does. And that means they won and we lost and we have to deal with it for another two years. McConnell just said something very similar. Uh, I actually watched uh, John Oliver's. Uh, episode on transgender rights and he said he pulled up some guy that was talking about how they're phrasing the uh, they're basically they're picking their messaging to talk about just like transgender people and how they should make it to where it seems like sexualized and, and seems very perverse perverse I've said multiple times Republicans go to they they just want to win, right? Um, and I I don't know where it was, but I saw a Democrat that says that, that a Republican that said that Democrats are trying to win and they're better at it than than they are. I don't know if that's true, um, or maybe in recent years they've gotten better at it. I don't know, but my my point in all that is it's not a game. Like we're not we're not playing a game, ladies and gentlemen. We're like we're hopefully putting we're putting people in a position to help other people's lives, to represent larger groups of people, to improve their cities, their their states, their the country. Yeah. But we have we've we've turned politics into some type of crappy game. Yeah. It's like I'm just not interested. I mean, we've turned it into Uh, entertainment. Right. Right. And and Uh, we we talked about this a lot in the infotainment versus news episode where like not everything needs to be entertaining. And that's where I think in a lot of ways, Trump bridged that gap in 2016 where it was, you know, must see TV because you never knew no matter which side you were on. Right. Whether you loved him or you hated him, you wanted to tune in because you wanted to see, oh, this has got to be the day that he steps in it and it's all over, right? Which never came. And, or this is the day, this is another day where he's going to own the libs and I get to revel in that because that's my guy. That's my team that I support I, right there. I don't even know what that means. What, own owning the libs? the libs? Yeah, I drove yeah. through uh, Western Pennsylvania twice in the past week and – I saw a lot of Trump stuff yeah. or enough to make me notice it. I actually saw a guy who owns his own insurance company that, and he's, he's wrapped his vehicle and he's got just the most absurd things about, uh, he's got, uh, a picture of Joe Biden saying, this is stupid politics or Looney Tunes or something like that. And some other crap on there. And I'm like, 
I don't think he realizes that. Um, <laughs> like that's probably the not the point way to promote your business. Yeah. yeah, I'm like you're you're losing there, buddy. But looking at all the old, like vacant factories, just kind of reminding me, like Trump didn't go to Western Pennsylvania and bring back crap. No, I mean, uh, granted, is that really the role of the president? Right? Of course not. No. Of course not. Exactly. Right. And that's the other thing that I think you and I have talked about a lot, either just individually or on this podcast, is it's like, stop looking at these federal elections as the end all be all as to where this country is headed. And right. th- I, and I do think that to some degree the GOP and maybe even the Democrats to some to some point have started to recognize like our focus should really be at the lower local levels or state levels in terms of the candidates that we're putting up and where we're supporting. I mean, that's like this whole push for school board right control is not because you've just got a bunch of nut jobs that want to run for school board, you know, elections. It's because they're being kind of pushed and helped and aided by the political parties because they recognize if we control the school boards, then, you know, we control what information gets in and out. We have more control over, you know, bathroom use by transgender individuals. We have more control over what books are allowed in the library. We have more control over, you know, whatever it is. Like, it doesn't. I was talking to somebody last week, and uh, we were talking about uh, just some issues in the black community. And I mentioned segregation. His response was, well, they kind of scared of that by making Christian academies. And my brain stopped and had to reboot. I was like, oh, crap. He's right. Yeah. And I I was this close to researching how many pub, uh, private schools are in the South. And I was this close to researching how many of them are Christian academies just because I overlooked that. Yeah. Right? Uh, on my way into Raleigh this morning, I saw uh, – uh, Tales Academy and uh, Carrie Christian Academy stickers because it's like it's nothing says uh, ruin your car's appearance like putting stickers all over it. But you it watch. just reminded me of <laughs> my stickers look great. Re- <laughs> it just reminded me that yeah, you know why is this whole school choice thing such a big thing? Like uh, th- there's so many things where. We've just missed. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to vote. I, I, that's not the issue. The issue is that what if your team sucks? When are you going to have your rebuild year, right? Yeah. Uh, when are you going to look back and say, maybe we're not calling the right plays? And it's not about winning through fear. It's not, like, it's not about being in the locker room yelling at people. Not a lot of coaches probably do that anymore because it doesn't ins- – it doesn't improve performance. Right. Um, and if we're going to continue with that, that analogy, what is the GOP's like, what's their end game? Is it this Christian nationalism? Well, you're the same party that talks about the constitution. The constitution says nothing about being a Christian. Right. Like, so you have to, but it's like a lot sum- of things, right? You know, it's, it's selective. Your character would Christianity. Would say, it's selective, sure. you know, conservatism. It's it's so, states' rights, 
until we get Roe v. Wade overturned, and then we need a federal abortion ban, right? Then that's that's indicative of your character being an act. But they've also identified that there are enough people out there who don't care about their character, right? I think I think hmm. it's part of the issue that ultimately character has become less of a dividing line for people when it comes to who they're willing to support. And it's more about the one to two issues that they feel are really important and that they will support anybody who is a mouthpiece for those issues. Whether or not those people believe in it, whether or not those people are actually going to do anything to support those once they get in office, it's all about like, well, who's willing to sell me the best lie now before I elect them? That's who I'll vote for. But even then, I mean, like, like you're saying, or like we said earlier, it's not you're not convincing anybody, right? You've already made up your mind going into the election who it is that you're going to vote for. You know, it's like it's why all of this stuff about Herschel Walker is not moving the needle, right? right. Because they've already made their like they decided a long time ago. Yeah. Exactly. I don't care what you say about him. It was the same thing with Trump, right? Everybody thought when the when the Access Hollywood tapes came out, that's it. That's got to be it. That's the thing that's going to bury him. No president could get elected if he's got that out there. But everybody had already said, don't care. Doesn't matter. I want Trump. And not everybody, obviously. But yeah. enough people did, right? I mean, same thing with Hillary and the email, right? Yeah. I mean, whether or not, wherever you stand on that, when Comey came out and made the, the statement that they were investigating her for the emails, you think that that really influenced people to make a decision on whether or not they were going to vote for Hillary Clinton? No. Those people who didn't vote for her already didn't like her enough to not vote for her. I voted for every position that year except for president. I I would not vote for Trump. I would not vote for Hillary Clinton. Maybe that's my, maybe I'm part of the problem. But um, I mean, look, I think <laughs> I, no. I think that's like saying, you know, food. You you know, you are responsible for food waste because you didn't eat every grain of food that was on your plate. No, corporations and farms waste thousands of millions of pounds more food every single day than any right. individual family probably does in a decade. And yet it, it's recycling, right? It's it's all of these things where the end consumer ultimately gets blamed or feels some level of responsibility for this, even though the responsibility starts way farther up the food chain. But I think in politics, it plays differently. I think that we have... Um, I don't think Hillary should have been on the ballot, to be honest with you. Right. I, I think she should have disqualified herself. I think Trump should have disqualified himself. Um, but neither of them were going to do that, right? Right. I mean, like, Hillary might have been slightly more likely to do that. But I think in some ways, you know, I, I don't know not based on anything she said, but that there was always this air of kind of like, it's my time. Right. right. I, I, I put up with Bill and all of his shenanigans through two, you know, terms. I have been secretary of state. I've done all this good. I should be qualified enough to be the it president. It had nothing to do with qualified. It had to right. do with, it, it was probably 60% qualifications, 40% are you the right person? Yeah. And 
and I agree that she wasn't like I don't right. I didn't like Hillary as the Democratic nominee either. Um, I I did look at it as a oh, lesser of two evils kind yeah, of. I was like, and I understand. A- I mean, like I do. I really do. Like I don't I don't fault you for that. I don't think anybody should be faulted for looking at it and going, I, no, I I'm not picking either of these people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm good. I, Hard pass. That's why that you got a lot of third party votes this election. Right. right. But. I think then you look at, well, what happened over the four years of Trump and you see, wow, out out uh, turnout for the 2020 election, you know, outranked any that we'd see. Yeah. I mean, and, and I and even Joe Biden. Right. I didn't want Joe Biden to be the Democratic nominee. I didn't think that he was necessarily the best person for the job going through all of the, um, what do you call it? The debates, uh, the primaries, primaries. Yeah. Um, I I think honestly, I think he had more leadership qualities than anybody else up there. And I, and I hear, you know, I'll marry it back to this. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris lost me when she wouldn't realize that she already won the debate about busing. Right. And she kept going back to it. I was like, nah, I don't like that. Tulsi Gabbard, she never seemed interesting to And I can just go down the whole line. But the person I would have felt more comfortable with would have been Kamala Harris. But it showed the type of person she was when she did that. I just didn't. I thought that was tacky. Um, what do you have against Bernie Sanders? A lot. Just, I'm just kidding. I yeah, know. quite a lot. Um, and then I'm going to mirror what Kamala Harris did to. I watched some clips of Val Demings uh, serve Marco Rubio his lunch. Um, and I don't want to take out of context, but she, I mean, she beat him with like a baseball bat on that debate stage. And you feel like that was not what she should have done? You feel That's, like- I didn't see the whole debate. Right. I think there are some things where it's like, no, you probably need to stop drawing blood because I think what's important at the end of the day, if you want to instill some confidence back into our political system, system, we need to get to a point where we have honor and integrity. And that's a long haul. So every time we take those, those moments and we make them a, a bloodbath, it's a turnoff. Like, I can just see younger people saying, that's disgusting. That doesn't, that's, is that what this country represents? It's just, it's no different than a a dictatorship. It's no different than listen to Putin, you know, justify his actions or. It's it's no different than, than watching a boxing match, right? Right. Or an MMA fight where, you know, like there is, you see, I've, I've watched the clips because for some reason over the last like two months, I got really into watching like MMA fights on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, I'd never been a big MMA UFC guy. And then what I, I watched one fight in particular, it was Chael Sonnen's first fight against Silva, uh, Anderson Silva. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's going to beat him. And then he didn't. Um kudos to anderson silva for that but spoiler alert for that like 10 year old fight (laughs) um but i do like one of the things that you notice is there's a lot of clips of like you know 10 times guys could have gone for the kill shot and didn't because they already knew that they'd won and there's clips of guys who are like literally telling the referee like he's out 
He's out. Call it. Call it. And the ref's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm not hitting him again. Call it. And then the ref goes over. He's like, oh, yeah. Right? And I think to some degree, to draw a slightly weird parallel, like that's what you want in your politician. You want a politician that looks at that and goes, all right, like I made my point. You know, I don't have to beat up. Maybe my focus needs to be more on myself and how I can pitch myself as opposed to continuing to bludgeon my opponent. And that's where I think, again, right, with the negative uh, campaign ads, it all kind of circles back here where it's like, at what point is does this become more about this other person isn't suitable as opposed to I'm the best candidate for the job and here's why? Well, to the person that made mention of my Spider-Man mug, um, there's a reason I'm a self-professed pacifist. <laughs> so... Because I'm going to pass my fist through your motherfucking (laughs) face. (laughs) Uh, So, and I I say that. Sorry, I've been waiting for that since. Man, that, that. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I do. There's multiple things that I have to point out here. Uh, One, Spider-Man beats the shit out of people. All the time. Right? So, like, okay. And two. I mean, like, you have some colored belt of some sort. We're not talking about that. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, the man owns a belt, and it's not just a brown leather one. Like, Yeah, it's not the point. Uh, and I, I think that kind of uh, – that's the stuff that gets your ass beat, just for, just for the record. That's, like, we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not talking about Chris, that. Chris, you, you crossed uh, the line there, but I'm going to threaten this guy. <laughs> I'm not threatening anybody. I know you're not threatening. Uh, I'm just saying, like that's how, like They're that's not how watch people. Because we barely talking yeah. about Trump. That's that's how people like think about it this way. The people that the unassumed, like there was a uh, video uh, of a Navy SEAL, and somebody asked, like I was doing an interview in a podcast, and said, "What if this happened to you? How would you win this fight?" He goes, "Well, what would, no, he goes, what would you do?" Because I wouldn't get in the fight, right? There, there are people that don't need – there's nothing to prove, right? Uh, I think the other part to that is it's a leadership question. Do you want a leader that has no temperament? Right. Right. Um, and I'm going to – well, I'm going to preface – I meant what I said about Don Jr. <laughs> but it, at the same time in self-reflection, it's not – that's me venting, Right. right. Uh, but I mean, if he it wasn't says, an active threat in the well, sense first of that, all, it like, doesn't really matter right. uh, because he's, his family no longer, so I read all the comments and he, his family no longer has protection from the secret service. So uh, next move on. But um, it, it's just a matter of, yeah, but I bet you, I'm willing to bet money even in a debate. Well, any, in any confrontation, you're not going to just bludgeon your opponent. That's, that could be murder or attempted murder. Um, and it's just a, it's a sign of weakness or it's a sign of self, like lack of self-control. I, I just don't respect that. Do you think that part of it, like the, because I feel like we see a lot more of that now, right? Do you think that part of it stems from this desire to have the viral clip, right? I think so, yeah. Because I think so too. I think there's a lot of it where it's like, I don't know which one of these things is going to be the one that pushes, you know, that gets everybody's attention. So I'm just going to throw them all out there and see what sticks. 
Well, you know what's interesting? Pete Buttigieg, I've seen him like do interviews in Fox and uh, a few other places. Yeah, he's he was very unassuming, but he's very good at his job. He knows how to be how to think quick on his feet. Um, would you support him as a candidate for president? From what I've seen, yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, do you feel like he's gained a certain level of experience and knowledge over the last? two years in yeah, serving I, in the Biden I've, administration that, cause it sounded like based on your previous statement that you didn't see the leadership qualities in him during the primaries that right. you would, that you saw in, in president Biden. Right. Okay. And that's, and that, that would literally be somebody I was like, huh, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Um, so I think that what we should be demanding of people that want to take that role is that they have strong leadership qualities. Yeah. I can look back and say that president Obama didn't vote for him twice. Right. Uh, in retrospect, a lot of strong leadership qualities, still failures and or things that I don't approve of or agree with. Uh, but overall strong leadership qualities. So I, I think that's what we should be asking people. It's not about what's how somebody can pitch the job to you or, or their, 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 their prediction of how they're going to do the job. Right. It's like, where are you at now? And what are you showing me that can help me to believe and have confidence in your ability to do the job? Um, so I, I think there, that's something that we should be asking because you think about a Glenn Youngkin, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody was hyped up on the, on the topics he was talking about not his his lack of clarity of doing the job right now not he's his, just playing his qualifications right and he's playing a game of manipulation um and I, I don't think that's the right thing for for virginia it's interesting how uh governor cooper in north carolina although he's had a couple of battles he's kind of held true and has been consistent in his leadership ability uh to the to the contrast of a DeSantis or a Greg Abbott. <laughs> Ask about DeSantis. Right. Uh, then you've got uh, the guy in Maryland. I can't, his name for, escapes me now. Um, Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan. Consistent. Uh, you've got Sununu. Consistent. Has nothing to do with their politics, has nothing to do with their party affiliation, but they've been consistent. And that's where I think that people that that would be one of the things I would say, Hey, when you're looking for people to elect, except, except for me this year, I just don't want to vote for any Republican. I'm looking for leadership qualities. And I want to, I want to see where people, they make me feel confident that they can be a good leader. And sometimes being a good leader means working across the aisle. Sometimes it means negotiation. Does it mean compromise? It means negotiation. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah. Yeah. And I meant what I said about Don Jr. He's a crackhead. He's <laughs> always cooked up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else I could add to it at this point. Uh, it's like me saying, like, think about it. Like, here's what, to that person, I, I want to say this. I'm a big Ice Cube fan. I don't, I'm not a big fan of all of his music. There's a lot. There's a good amount of his songs that I like. We love you, Cube. I, yeah, I respect Cube. Um, big fan. I disagree with Louis Farrakhan, right? So 
but I'm never going to go off, you know, off the reservations and say, well, just because cube, you know, is a supporter of Farrakhan and he respects him that I'm going to be like, nah, I'm going to rail on that dude. I mean, I still respect the dude. Right. Um, so I'm not going to go out of my way to say stuff. It's slick thousands of miles away from ice cube and, and hopes that I would never, in hopes I never see him and, him and for him to say, you'll say it to my face. So that's, that's what I don't respect about. Like if you, if you look at the January 6th, uh, speech they were giving with, uh, Giuliani talking about, uh, trial by combat. What you're going to do? What Roger Stone, he's got a clip of him saying, let's get to the fucking violence. What are you going to do? Yeah. You've got, uh, John Eastman talking about war. You're not going to do anything. So unless you're going to say these same things to somebody's face, don't say them at all. You look, you look stupid or follow through on them the way that, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, Giuliani, are you, are you volunteering as tribute? In these trials by <laughs> combat, because somehow I don't think so. Although yo, Trump, Trump would probably gladly throw you up there. Yeah, Trump was like, "Yo, I'm going to go there. I'll, I'm going to be right." Dude never showed up. Oh, but he wanted to. Remember, like yeah. he almost fought that secret security or secret, secret service. service. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Secret security. If he was no, so, he I mean, even he's like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> So that, that's, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. Although he would, you know, I probably, people probably would have liked me more if I did, because they'd be like, "I didn't know you had it in you." Because yeah, he's like what three fifty, trying to like anyway. So that's that's the point I was trying to make. Don't say slick stuff about somebody or like what you're going to do, and then when it's time to do it, you're you're crickets. Yeah, just nothing. Um, and that's what which is why the, I didn't say anything because yeah, I'm just, I still I'm crickets I still all feel. the time. Just saying, but say that stuff where it matters, B. But I wish like, a motherfucker it. would. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm a, uh, I, I mean, you talk about yourself as a certified pacifist. I am. I am very much a pacifist. I am not somebody that's out here trying to pick fights and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and then don't and then don't say slick stuff and make me think you're a threat because the minute I think you're a threat and I see you, I'm not even talking to you. Those are things like you people that they 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 get on their keyboards and they start talking real breezy, and then things happen to them. Like, why are you why are you surprised, right? Th so my point about Ice Cube, I'm not saying Ice Cube is like. I mean, I respect Ice Cube. I'm not going to say anything slick about something. My point is, I don't agree with that part. That right. is the one reservation. I would I would say that part to his face, like, hey. I don't, I don't understand your views on this respectfully, right. but I'm not going to say some slick stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Because um, it's not about winning the, the keyboard war, right? right? It's not about, and that's where I think like just so much of this stuff. Yeah. It's so frustrating because so much of this does exist online now. Like so much of our daily lives exists online and behind these keyboards or these screens or these, you know, uh, pseudonyms, these usernames, and it provides a level of like this falsehood, this false security yeah. about, well, I can just say and do whatever I want because these people, are, I'm never going to run into these people in real life. And that's like to bring it back. 
the guy that I stopped following, right? Like I saw him frequently in real life. And that's why right. I stopped wanting to follow him on social media. Not because he disagreed with or or had a different opinion about like who should be president or like anything like that. It was more just that like, you know, I found myself wanting to say things that I wouldn't say to his face in response right. to things that he was saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and again, things things that I know he wouldn't say in that same way to me personally. Right. If we exactly. were standing there having that conversation. And so I think it's just, you know, proof positive that the internet is terrible. Um, you shouldn't be like, if you're on the internet right now, get off. Go do something else. Go outside. Read a book. Subscribe to the Chris and Andre show while you're before you do that, though. Uh, No, I mean, like, look, technology and the Internet has done a bunch of amazing things. Um, Funny thing. I was in D.C. at at Union Station and uh, I was walking out of a, uh, a bookstore. Right. This guy pushes me against the wall and says, stand back. And, you know, I'm like, my dude, for what are we and I saw the earpiece dangling from his thing. I'm like, yeah, this guy, he knows somebody or he's doing something important. And I saw the lapel pin. I'm like, all right, so I need to like relax. And as he kind of lets things settle down at the, the bottom level, there's Chelsea and Bill Clinton walking through, right? I have said some disparaging things about Bill Clinton, even though I voted for him twice. I was like, this guy is on some, I don't know what, I think it was a, yeah, crime bill that he signed, mm-hmm. and it pissed me off. I didn't like bump into him like two feet away from him, but we happen to be in the same location, yeah. right? So you never know. You run into somebody, and all of a sudden, like they remembered what you said. There's an interesting clip of Snoop Dogg talking about um, how him and Tupac were running up on Nas, right? Yes. And Nas was just like, nah, I like all your 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 music, fam. I love you, man. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. And and Pac was like, yo, I, I I scare that nigga, right? And Pac was like, nah, he let you go. I mean, Snoop was like, he let you go. I mean, you're gonna run up on somebody that they heard what you said. So yeah. be cute if you want to, um, and see how it plays out for you. I, but that's one of my favorite clips on the internet. I'm like, yo, yeah, man, you you gotta. You made the world is not a big place, man. You're bound to bump into somebody that heard you say some cute, slick shit. So, all right, uh, just just remember that. Since my semi humiliating stories seem to be fairly popular with the internet, <laughs> uh, I think I'm just going to start. Like, we'll have a segment called, you know, Chris is, Chris humiliates himself. Um, I have a story that I feel like kind of plays into this a little bit. All right, so in high school. Uh, there was a girl in my chemistry class. We ended up being lab partners and I thought she was cute. And so I was kind of like, you know, take your shot. Yeah. Uh, and she had a boyfriend, right. That I, I didn't know about at the time, but she was like, Oh, I'm seeing somebody. I'm like, okay, we were still lab partners. And so you like the subtle flirting, like, "Eh, I'm still interested, but you know, like I, I get it. You're taken. And then she's like, oh, I'm not, you know, like, we broke up. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so, like, we started hanging out. It was, like, Valentine's Day. I made that mistake where I'm like, oh, let's go out for Valentine's Day for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, anyways, like, so we became a couple, only for me to then find out that she had not broken up with this dude. 
Dude. Um, McFly. So I, that created a whole thing, right? Uh, <laughs> my sister and I decided that we were going to have a house party when my parents were out of town. And everything's cool until these two dudes show up. The boyfriend and his friend. The ex-boyfriend at that point. And they wanted to fight. But it was my house party with my friends. So I had plenty of backup, even though I'm not I'm not a fighter. I'm not. I'm just going to throw it. Like, last <laughs> fight I got in was probably like sixth grade. Um, after that, I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. And so that everything was fine there. And like nobody threw any punches or anything. Fast forward to a couple of years later. Uh, my, my girlfriend from high school is now at UNCW. I came down for the weekend. We're hanging out and they're like, Hey, there's this house party. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And so we go over to this house party, find out that the house is the friend of the dude, the ex-boyfriend, right? The one who was at the party trying to start shit. And how'd that go? Not well, <laughs> not well at all. So, like, I'm in the kitchen, and I'm trying to go get, like, a cup for the keg, and he stops me, and he's like, hey, man, what's up? And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, you know, I recognized who he was. And he was like, you know, this is my house. And I was like, I did not know that. I was like, is it cool that I'm here? And he's like, yeah, man, it's cool. No worries. That was a long time ago. And he, like, goes dab it up. And then fucking sucker punches me. And we tumbled through the house and everybody's, oh, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> um, I did not get in any good shots or anything. Like, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I kind of got my ass kicked in that fight. Um, the sucker punch didn't help, but he probably would have kicked my ass anyways. And so, like, we left. And it was, like, maybe another year later. I think it was my sister's boyfriend, who was also down in Wilmington at the time. Because she went to UNCW, too. My sister did. and. He's throwing a house party and this friend shows up and I think the cops came at one point and then, so it cleared out a lot of people. And then like, we're standing outside and it's me, my sister's boyfriend and the friend of the ex-boyfriend and my sister's boy. Like it was awkward. Right. Cause like, I wasn't going to say anything. This other dude wasn't saying anything, but my sister's boyfriend's like, yo, I think you owe Chris an apology. <laughs> And I'm just like, what are you doing? I was just going to let this shit slide. And the guy's like, no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry, man. And he like went to dab it up. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> so like we hugged it out and that was it. I want to hug them, yo. No, I, I mean, like, yeah, that's not happening. I'm like, all right, we're good. It's water we'll keep on the at that yeah. point. But and we, we, and that's, uh, <laughs> you got sucker I did. I did. <laughs> yo, I would have known that wasn't clean. I was like, nah, I'm good, yo. Like I sh I mean I sh I'm a um yeah, I'm too trusting yeah. when it comes to that stuff for sure. But anyways. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Chris is Chris humiliates himself. Thanks That's, for joining us to <laughs> Chris's I'm corner. I'm sorry that happened to you, man. That sucks, man. I mean, uh, like my face was a like I he got me like right behind the ear or ooh, something like that too. Uh, so like, it's like it a headache the next day, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it was a little swollen, but it wasn't like I had a black eye or anything like that. Um, yeah. It was, it was fine. It was. What it was. Yeah, I don't have any stories like that. No, I know. Like that's <laughs> Actually, why I tell these stories. I have 
it's I have something similar, but it didn't end that. Like somebody hit me with a, a crystal ashtray in a bar because I was dating his. I was with his sister. wasn't dating her. And then you uh, roundhouse kicked him to the face. No, actually, I, he knocked me out. Off. He knocked me out, and um, but my boys held him for me to beat him. <laughs> Wait, they held him for you until you came to? Yeah, <laughs> I was pissed. Yeah. See, I need better friends like that. <laughs> yeah, you need friends. No, see, back, but yeah. that's that's the whole thing. Is like at at my house party. This dude waited, him and his and his friend, the ex-boyfriend, waited until I was coming down from my room and, like, cornered me oh, after everybody else had left and were like, I'm going to kick your ass. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is my party. Like, I got... This oh, where is not your the time to do nah, that. that that's, a, that's a bad play, homeboy. And then my really large friend who played baseball heard what was going on and like came upstairs and literally was just like, dude, what are you doing? He was so drunk. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? I don't want to hit you, but I'll hit you if I have to. This is Chris's party. You don't mess with Chris when it's Chris's party. And that's when they finally decided that they were just going to leave. And yeah. So. Because you were smashing his girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. I, anyway, <laughs> that's and I've got other stories that, but they were they're compl- complicated. And I mean, that was a fairly complicated story I told. That took me like ten minutes to get through all that. Yeah, mine. Yeah, mine are complicated. They get messy sometimes. But I, again, my self self professed pacifist. I try not to hit people because it's. It's bound and I'm a I'm a married older guy. I have yeah. no reason to be punching people in the mouth. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, especially at this point in my life, like, no, yeah. there is no need for fighting. Yeah, the closest I, I'll come to fighting is honking my horn at you when you do something dickish in the car. I won't even do that. It's like I, I hope you don't die. Well, I, mean, I had this <laughs> asshole behind me the other morning in a fucking Mercedes, and he's like riding my ass while I'm doing the speed limit. And there's traffic all around us, so it's not like I didn't really go anywhere. And he finally gets, like, clearance to go to the right of me and, like, and, like, lays on the horn. And I was just like. Yeah. Even that, that, I was like, ah, that was dumb. You're you're pushing the limit, man. These crazy people out here want to shoot everybody. Um, That's that's because I. I was like, I want to, I'm going to walk up to his car and say, Hey man, that's a terrible say. idea. Yeah. yeah. That's why I that's didn't do that. T- uh, yeah. Uh, I just, on a somber note, like the shooting in Raleigh, that was, uh, yo, look, I don't, I don't have any beef with second amendment people, but here's a question. Don't you think something should change <laughs> because something's obviously broken. Um, and I, and, you know, and things must have been really sour if, like, I would never kill one of my brothers. So there's a, there's a whole lot going on there. Uh, yeah. But I will say that you can take your interpretation of the Second Amendment, and at least you should be get you should get to a point by now and say something's off and want to do something different. Um, but if that's your team, I get it. It ain't right, but I get it. So. So this note is not nearly as somber. Uh, 
but it is somewhat related. Did you hear about the group in New Hanover County that auctioned off an AR-15 rifle in order to raise money for a school board candidate and a county commissioner? Not that particular one, but I heard about one similar. Yeah. I just, I mean, like guns and schools, I think, you know, we're kind of at a point where maybe we don't need to associate those two things with each other more than they already are. So this... I just saw this this headline uh, in the last day or so, but apparently um, in Texas, they are giving out DNA kits to parents so they can identify their children in case they're killed in a school shooting. Was it uh, Carrie High had uh, somebody shoot a gun in a bathroom? Yeah. And the kids were like, we had no idea. We don't know if these are real or if it's just a drill because they don't tell us when it's a drill, if it's real or not until it's over. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to start beef with Second Amendment people. No, I I'm not either. I don't want but your I'm, gun. I'm with you in that, like, ultimately, don't you think that something needs to change here? Yeah. Like, you know, and 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 I really just can't understand the idea that the solution is more guns. I mean, no. if you bring out the heater just because you're upset, you're weak. Yeah. Right. Well, that's so. Yeah. Unless you've got there's something. If you show up to a house party just to beat up your ex girlfriend's <laughs> boyfriend, you're weak. You're, you're weak. You have problems. Yeah. Um, I hope you're listening. Apparently, he's around your area. He went to school. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be calling me in a week, yo. You never guess what happens if he has at the gas station. And dudes from sucker punch me, me. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't help you. I'm, I'm going to be like, yo, you asked for that, yo. Uh, I'll be calling Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I need protection. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get an entourage because you ran off with the mouth. <laughs> so, and and dude even gave you a. You guys cleaned it up, so you should be good. No, but, no, no. I clean it up with the. Ex-boyfriend's friend. friend. You think he's I still salty after years? I don't think he can. I hope not. Point. Yeah, He might see and get triggered. He might. <laughs> he might. He might. <laughs> oh, man. But that's bad. Yeah. Whatever. She ended up cheating on me, too. So. Yeah, I, I'd be the first one to tell you how you meet somebody is how they'll leave you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's very true. So you meet somebody good, they're probably not going to leave you. You meet somebody on the on some dirt, they're going to leave you yep. in some dirt. So yep. uh, yeah, that is facts. <laughs> so, at any rate, we're glad you joined us. Chris, thank you for sharing that that uh, very personal and intimate story about uh, how you got sucker yeah. punched. Yeah. <laughs> right here behind the ear. I did. That's why uh, Joe said I don't want to be a player no more. So uh, you can mess around and uh, fuck around and find out. Anyway, mm, I found out. We're glad you joined us. It's uh, it's great that you guys are listening. It's please send us comments. It, it's it's not a bad thing. We're going to bring them up. We're going to read them. We're going to respond to most of them if they make sense. But I challenge you this: if you leave a comment, leave a complete thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't ask assumatory questions. I'm just making up words. Yeah, that's not a word. But uh, please make sure that um, you know if you leave a comment, even on a clip, 
check out the whole episode so you don't assume that you're 12 year old smarter than a, a grown ass man. Uh, there, there are <laughs> context is everything, but leave us a comment, shoot us an email at comments at Chris and You can probably tag us, hit us, leave us some comments on YouTube because we're there. Obviously, if you're watching us, we are where you are listening. If you're listening to the audio version, we're on SoundCloud. Um, Spotify. I like the way you pray. We are where you are listening. <laughs> I mean, uh, it'd be pretty impressive if you're listening to us and we're not there. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast places were there. Uh, you can always send me comments at Andre Christian Andre Show.com or you can send me comments at Chris at Chris and Andre Show.com. I'm also known as the guy in the middle. Um, next week ah, I was like on that's only when Joe shows up <laughs> yeah I'm just saying otherwise I, you're the guy on the right <laughs> that guy just always that, that comment just blew, blew my mind yeah I don't get why the guy in the middle the guy in the middle do you uh, watch uh, any of the links that he sent yet no I, I've good, been busy good yeah are they are they garbage I don't know I haven't watched them either okay I'm gonna watch them just so I can I want to make sure that I, I hit that guy back up like yeah. we had like four different things in the last episode where we were like next episode that's what we're talking about right there and this was not one of them <laughs> but, yeah. but that's okay because we do whatever we want we call an audible yeah we call an audible. Omaha Omaha <laughs> So we need to get at Denver right now. Um, <laughs> Peyton Manning. Yeah. So I don't anyway. think he could throw the ball any better than Russ. <laughs> uh, you might be right. But we're glad you joined us. As always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. In case you ignored my previous instructions, make sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell. Oh, and don't forget to tickle that little like button. And if you have something to say, you can drop it in the comment down below. We'll see you on the next one.